It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Well, good morning, Alexis. Good morning. How are you? I'm awesome. Yeah? Are you comfy? I'm comfy. Yeah? And how funny that we're wearing matching outfits again. We do this every single time. But I decided to spice it up today because I knew you would never wear red shoes, so I'm wearing red shoes. Yeah, I'm wearing leopard shoes. It's not much different than red. We need a shoe pick. Oh, don't send it to OnlyFans or maybe send it. (laughs) No, we got to show our toes to make money. Oh, I have ugly toes. I won't show my toes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of shoes, I just want to kind of take you back for a minute, okay? Okay. Do you remember in 2017 when Serendipit Consulting, which is our agency in case you've not been listening for 20 plus episodes, we made the Inc. 5000 list that year. That was so cool. Wasn't that such a cool accomplishment? It was awesome. I was so excited to go to that event. Yeah. So we decided to celebrate by like actually going to the Inc. 5000 conference And it was in Palm Springs and we live in Phoenix. So it's a quick four-hour jaunt. Oh, that was the time you told me I had to wear this freaking ball gown. And I was so stressed out. Like, where do I get this ball gown? (laughs) I didn't have time to rent the runway. So I went to Macy's and bought like four dresses. And we show up. And I could have totally worn a cocktail dress. I never said ball gown. Like, I don't even use that phrase. You put that in your own head. I said, it's like a gala. Gala. But when I think gala, I think like... Dun dun, like fancy dresses, big poofy skirts or something. You haven't gone to enough galas, clearly, Alexis. Um, (laughs) I need to be taken to a gala. So on the first day, we arrived in Palm Springs at the conference. And we were it was a Tuesday, if you remember. And we had stuff in the morning, so we didn't leave like right away. So we got there in the afternoon. And we unloaded our bags in our room. We freshened up our makeup, you know, wanted to be all cute. And we hit the conference hall like to scope out the event and see if we could pop into like a few keynotes. Remember? Yeah. Okay, so... There was a really big keynote happening already, so it was kind of quiet in the halls when we first arrived. Like, it was, people were there, it was busy, but it was, like, not packed. And we were kind of nervous, like, God, this is our first Inc. 5000. That's a big deal. And we're young, and I don't know, it was interesting. Yeah. So, well, we thought we were young. (laughs) And maybe you remember the specifics of how this next part happened, but I'm going to say it how I remember it, and you can totally correct me. Okay. Okay. So, suddenly... We're standing around talking to this very nice, sharply dressed older man with like a super awesome Australian accent. Yeah. And do you remember who he was? I do. He was the founder of Uggs, Yeah, Brian Smith, the founder of Uggs. And he had just spoken a little bit earlier and he didn't have a name tag on or anything, if I remember correctly. No. Okay. And I- We at first were like, who's this guy? Yeah. So I don't- Who's this nice gentleman? I don't mean to call him out or anything because he is like nothing but nice, but- I believe we started talking to him because he totally hit on us. Like, totally. hardcore. And then he's like, let's take a picture together. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so we have a picture, which we'll for sure post. But he was like standing around with some other people when we were walking by. And that's how we found out who he was because one of the guys was like, this is Brian Smith. And I was like, who the fuck's Brian Smith? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't say that, but we figured it out. Okay. Anyways, he was super nice, even despite the flirting. And he took a pic with us. 
I actually had only owned a pair of Uggs for two years at that point. So I bought my first pair in 2015. I think I did too because I – No, you didn't. And I will tell you how I remember. Oh, God. Do you have a picture? (laughs) Oh, I probably do, but I'll find that. I purchased mine like way after their original heyday. I actually searched my inbox for the receipt from Zappos. I paid $169 for the gray sheepskin Bailey Button triplet Uggs. Remember the gray ones? Oh, yeah. I have a picture Oh, I did have them earlier because I got them for camping. Okay. 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 I really never found Uggs appealing. That's why I never owned them earlier. Like, I just thought they were ugly. Even in the early 2000s when they were like all the rage, I actually remember – you, you introduced me to spin. Yeah. Okay. So like spin classes. And we used to go to this super grungy studio that we loved. Now we have Pelotons and we have for like five years. So we, and it, unfortunately it closed down. We were there one Saturday morning and you rolled in and you were always late. You know me, I'd be there 10 minutes early and you'd roll in like two minutes before it and save me a bike. And I'd be like, oh my God, this stresses me out. So you walked in and you were wearing these gray, short, crocheted Uggs. Oh, I still have them. Okay. Oh, no. I actually just got rid of them this year. I loved those. Okay. I thought they were horrible. And I told you. I'm sure I told you because I'm that kind of friend. But those were actually cute because they were fitted. I mean, they're cute. Like, now I can see how they were cute. At the moment, I was like, what It does she have on her feet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying that. Of course, Miss Honest was like, Yeah. I'm like the kind horrible. of friend you need in your life because I won't let you. Do you know what UG stands for? I don't. Okay, there are two theories on this. I thought it was ugly at first. Okay. So the word may have been derived from fug boots, F-U-G, that were worn by aviators in rural Australia during World War I. And the term is believed to maybe have been like a shortened version of flying Ugg boots, like fug, flying Ugg. Oh, I thought it was like fugly. Well, okay. (laughs) But the story, the other theory, the story that is most often told is what I really believe actually is the truth. And I need to read this summary of it word for word to you from (laughs) this website called Foot Talk because it's just so good, okay? Legend has it, a group of surfing jackaroos working on West Australia's sheep ranch wrapped their legs in pure merino fleece after taking their daily dip in the chilly surf. The feel of pure merino wool next to their skin felt good after a dip in the cold water. The lads began sewing sheepskin fleece together as leg protectors before attaching linoleum soles on the bottom to make the shoes last longer. Not surprising, the makeshift boots were called ugly. Then, abbreviated to Uggs, U-G-H-S, like Uggs, like Ugg, Uh. or Uggs as we know them now, So the fad caught on and soon spread to early morning Gold Coast surfies. And then the crude linoleum was replaced with rubber soles. And apparently in 1971, a guy named Shane Stedman, who was a surfer in Australia, began selling the boots that were gaining popularity. And he registered the name UGH, Ugg Boots. So they were actually named that because they were ugly. Ha! I know! That's so funny because... Wes always, I try to get him Uggs for camping and he's like, no, I won't wear those ugly boots. Like he thinks they're hideous. And he's like, they're so gross. He's like, you wear no socks and you're like sweating in them and you never wash them. I mean, they're pretty funky, (laughs) but they're so amazing. Like you put them on your feet. It's like butter for your feet. Butter. So the reality is the Ugg brand is an undeniable cultural phenomenon. You either love them or you hate them. 
And a quick Google search will show you that the majority of the media who has written about Uggs thinks they're an ugly trend that just won't die, like kind of like a cockroach. They're just like always coming back, another life, you know? Mm. But despite that, people all over the world are so obsessed. And today that obsession spans multiple generations. Babies, kids, tweens, teens, and adults of all ages. Oh my gosh, I couldn't wait to buy my kids Uggs. I know. So Uggs does 1.5 billion in annual sales. So today, the brand has become much more than just the boots and shoes. It now has clothing as well as a whole line of like home goods. Like you can buy Uggs, blankets, rugs, pillows, bedding, literally the whole Brilliant. Yes. So what I really want to talk about today is something you just kind of hit on a little bit, is how Uggs really recently tackled a marketing obstacle that I never, ever in a million years thought they would be able to successfully do. And do you know what that is? No. They got men in Uggs. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, when did this happen? So it started in 2011. I'll take you back through that. I was going to say, because I remember Mike Faunus, my cousin's husband, he had him. And same thing. We're all trying to sell Wes. But of course, Mr. Wes, stubborn ass, it'll be raining and snowing. He'll have his flip-flops on while we're sitting by the fire. You can't really wear Uggs in rain and snow. They're not waterproof. I mean, there are some that are waterproof, but the traditional like furry ones. Well, I always just scotch guard them. But see, we're sitting by the fire camping. We all have got our feet warm, cozy in our Uggs. Wes, flip-flops. Never converted. Um, My husband would die before he put a pair of Uggs on his feet. A transcript from an earnings call from just a few weeks ago, July 29th, 2021, I learned that among men, UGG brand consideration is at an all-time high. And these new levels of consideration among men are leading to the fact that the growth of the UGG's men line continues to outpace the growth of the total brand. Wow. So the last stat I could find said that 15% of UGG's total revenue came from the men's line. So it's not like a huge amount. But if you think about 15% of $1.5 billion, that's $225 million. Crazy. So let's just assume that the average men's Ugg boot costs like 150 bucks. Okay, that's probably right. That means there are 1.5 million men walking around today wearing Ugg boots. Where are they? I have not seen them. You know why? Because they're on Zoom, not showing their bottom half, and they're wearing Uggs hiding. I bet the pandemic inspired Uggs because people were around their house and their wives were like wearing Uggs. Like, do you want to be comfy and cozy? And they just got convinced. And maybe their wives bought them and they like secretly put them on and they couldn't take them off. You know what? I like the story. I still, though, am shocked because I I have yet to see, at least like I get it, Uggs makes like Ugg, it's actually Ugg, not Uggs, makes other shoes that don't look like Ugg, but I have yet to see a man in like those furry (gasps) boots. Actually, Wes does own a pair of Uggs. I bought him the dress pair Uggs because we were going to Park City and it's so cold. Again, can't wear flip-flops. And they are kind of like men's boots, but they're fur line just in the top, not by the toes, he would wear those because they looked like dress shoes. Yeah. Interesting. But I'm going to the ranch this weekend and I'm going to take a lot of pictures. I want to see all the men in Uggs. I'm going to do a poll of how many men own Uggs or are going to wear them. I need the results of that for sure. So I was beyond curious, mostly because the way that we view Uggs, in my opinion, my perception of Ugg is 
high school girls and Lululemon wearing soccer moms. That is the picture of Ugg that I get. Ugg became uber popular in the early to mid 2000s because of that. And we'll talk about who and how and why and all those things. But how do you take something that's stigmatized so much for like that culture, then get manly men to embrace it? That's hard. No, it's really hard. So, well, I think manly men are actually easier to embrace because the more metro guys, the style of Uggs, they're not stylish. Like, they're not Ooh, fitted. You're right. Gonna, well, that's like the traditional. What Ugg. you would assume the traditional Ugg, but we'll talk. So, about- like lumberjack men, I could see like chopping some wood with their Uggs. I don't know. I totally disagree. <laughs> But my curiosity led me to uncover that the brand has really been insanely smart about capturing the attention of its desired target audiences for decades. It has stamped down, okay, we're going after this target demo and we're going to be relentless about it until they give in. And that is how Uggs has been successful. So we're going to talk now about the three target audiences that the brand has super intentionally tackled and then like how it used some creative marketing tactics to really like Get them to embrace it. Okay, don't knock the Lululemon wearing socks. I'm not, because I like, I'm telling you, it took me a long time, but I like Uggs now. And I rock them with my Lulu. I'm like proud of being a Lululemon wearing soccer, soccer mom. mom. I Girl, I get it. I'm not a soccer mom, but I am a cheer mom. And I can rock those Uggs. At the cheer competition? At the cheer competition. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the first target audience the brand decided to conquer U.S. surfers. Interesting. I would have never guessed that. I thought you were going to go women, men, nope, baby. Nope. Okay. So in 1979, Brian Smith came to America from Australia. He was looking for a business that he could actually take back to Australia. He actually had an accounting degree and he graduated after spending 10 years studying accounting and he quit that same day he graduated. He's like, F this. I do not want to be an accountant. He just was like, had an entrepreneurial spirit. I couldn't see that guy being an accountant. No. He moved to LA and then after like three or four months, he wasn't finding anything that he could bring back. Cause like his vision, he was thinking, and I listened to a podcast where he spoke and he said, you know, in California, like at that time, all the cool surf brands and all the trends were coming out of there, like waterbeds. And I was like, waterbeds. (laughs) Anyways, so he wasn't finding anything. And then one day it was like fall at this point. It was kind of chilly, like November, maybe October. He was surfing and it was cold and windy. And he pulled on his pair of sheepskin boots, which were a total staple in Australia, but like no one in America had them. And it just wasn't a thing, you know? And the sheepskin trend was growing rapidly in Australia at this time, like among high school girls, like as a fashion trend and amongst Australian surfers who then were like starting to bring the product to the U.S., U.S. people were kind of seeing them, but, like, it was not sold in the U.S. interesting. Yeah. So right away, he was like, that's it. I'm going to be a millionaire. You know how we all think right away when we start a business. We're like, brilliant. It's going to be so easy. He thought he had the jackpot. So he started going around to local shoe stores and showed them the boots that he had. They had zero interest. They were like, this is California, dude. Like, like who is going to wear those, like, furry, hot, sweaty boots in the sand in the sand and the sun, okay? But Australian weather is exactly the same as California. It's cold at the beach, even in the summer sometimes, so I could see. But sand and Uggs, how do you get it out? That's how they were originally made. That was, like, what they were made for. Isn't that crazy? crazy. He thought then, okay, shoe stores aren't loving it. 
I need to go after the surfers. They'll totally get it. Like 100% they'll get it. So he went around to local surf shops and he showed them the sheepskin boots. And actually the surf shops had seen them before because they had seen people from other countries like Australia coming in and wearing them or they like read about them in like probably international surfer magazines. And Australian surfers are just cool. Yeah. So all the surf shop owners were like, oh my God, Uggs. They knew the name because Ugg originally, just to clarify, was the generic term for that. Brand, type of type shoe. of shoe, yeah. Okay. So they were like, "Oh my god, amazing! Like you're gonna be rich. That's such a great idea." But Brian never asked for an order, so like he just assumed that when they were like, "You're gonna be, this is gonna be great for you," that like they were gonna carry his Uggs. Yeah. So he raised twenty thousand dollars just on like his enthusiasm, and he bought five hundred pairs of boots to start. And he actually had a partner at this part of the business, but like there's not much about him. So, so you know what's crazy? Remember Danielle and James? Mm-hmm. Her dad, I don't know if he was an original investor, but when I met him, we were like, what does he do? And then, and James like, he was involved in Uggs. Oh my gosh. So I, I'll give you his name and we should look it up and see like how involved he was. Yeah, totally. So he got the 500 pairs and went back to those same surf shops who told him they were so excited. And they all were like, oh, Brian, yeah, I mean, they're great, but they're too expensive for us to carry in these little surf shops. Like, we just sell surfboards and swimsuits. Like, we can't sell. You should go to shoe stores. But, like, all the shoe stores told him, like, you're hilarious. We're not selling. they're ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So he had sunk all this money into it, and he was like, I have to sell these somehow. So he then tried an advertising campaign, and he basically, for that campaign, hired expensive, fancy, Cali-looking models wearing them in surf-type settings. Okay. His first year of sales in 1979, he totaled 28 pairs, $1,000, okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, not so bad. Super sad. So after that Christmas, he was like, I got to sell the boots. So he was selling them out of his van in Malibu at street markets, and he was having very little traction. Like, the most he sold in one year was like $10,000, okay? He must have had money, though, because independently, because he talks about renting a house in Malibu. Like, yeah. Or or somewhere like Santa Monica. It was somewhere I was like say was he in like a VW van or what? I don't know. He said he had a house. So okay. he was about to at that point invest more money in another advertising push like using that same campaign cuz like he needed to sell and he was targeting surfer magazines. That's where he was putting his ads yeah. which makes sense for yeah. the audience, right? But the first ad campaign didn't work. So like how what was going to be different about the second one? So he was having a beer with one of his friends who owned a surf shop. And he was telling his friends about, like, how surfers just, like, were not picking up on the trend. And his friend was like, oh, pff, Brian. And he called over two girls, like, tweens, 12 and 13, surfer girls that were, like, just putzing around outside. And he goes, hey, girls, what do you think of Ugg? And they looked and they laughed out loud and they go, they're so fake. I mean, look at the models and the ads. They don't even know how to surf. Like, those are fake surfer shoes. <gasps> and he was like, oh, my God, that's it. Because his target audience was surfers And they saw right through his advertising because, like, clearly in the ads, no matter how pretty the background was or how beautiful the models were, it was so clear they weren't real surfers. So, like, real surfers were like, no, we're not buying those. Those are for fake surfers. So he had to get real surfers. So he right away, like, the light bulb went off. He got a group of actual surfers together and took photos of them, like, surfing at one of SoCal's most well-known surfing spots. Actually, two of them, Black's Beach and Trestles, which you would know better than me. I don't, I'm not from LA. He turned those photos into his new advertising campaign and he put them in Surfer magazines and guess how much he sold that year? I don't know. I'm excited. $200,000 worth of his sheepskin. Awesome. That's so cool. So like that transition, like to authentic 
marketing, you know, really work to resonate. And that's when he realized like this product cannot be about crafting this perfect glamorous image. It had to be about showcasing a lifestyle that was like reachable, attainable, and that resonated. Oh, how cool. I know. And so by the mid-80s, Ugg became a symbol of SoCal beach culture. Oh, I mean- I didn't even know Ugg was around this long. Mm-hmm. It gained momentum through surf shops all the way from San Diego to Santa Cruz. Crazy. So it was really still like just a California brand yeah. for a while. And Brian really kept carrying that same theme in all of his advertising really for the next 20 years. I mean, he focused on illustrating a lifestyle that resonated deeply with that audience. And by 1995, so remember, he started it in 79. Yeah. So 95, his little company was doing $15 million in sales. Wow. I want to ask my Uncle Dan, because he was the art director of Surfer Magazine, I, oh. and he was a big surfer. I wonder, I'd be curious. Like, I wonder if he owned a pair or yeah, to- I he, bet he like, knew about him. Yeah. yeah. But those sales were still pretty much, like I said, to that SoCal surfer market. So he really hadn't infiltrated like much of anyone else. And at that point, when he reached $15 million, he sold the company to the new parent company, Decker, in 95, and he sold it for $14.6 bucks. So pretty good for him, right? Yeah. Less than 20 years. 15 million. But we do know today, like I said at the top of the episode, that Uggs does 1.5 billion, billion a year. But clearly, that's not where the story ends. I mean, I know you're wondering, Alexis, where do all the sorority girls in juicy couture track suits, like drinking frappuccinos, like where do they come in? <laughs> right? Right. So, I'm like, <laughs> racking my brain to think, and I want to look at pictures, like, did I own Uggs in high school? Did I? I feel like I just bought them when we did spin. I don't think, I think I like boycotted. Yeah, you probably did. Well, the second audience that Ugg wanted to conquer was you, women. Women. Us. So when Decker purchased the brand, they were like, cool, cool, Brian. So cute that you got the surfers all excited about these shoes. We're so happy for you, but now we're going to show you how to really build them. And was he still, in, he stayed involved? You know, not, I don't think so. It's hard to tell. In some of the interviews, he contradicts how far he was involved. What was his idea? Uh, it's kind of funny. Okay. So I'm sure he was involved for a little bit, but no. I mean, he Decker did not need his involvement. Decker took it to the next level and he does give them credit for yeah. that. So company executives quickly decided to reposition Ugg from those niche utility boots into a casual luxury brand for 25 to 45-year-old fashion-conscious women. That's a pretty big shift. That is a big shift. So they had designers refit the boot to make it look first, like less clunky and feel more comfortable. That was important. Okay. And then they signed two PR firms, one on the West Coast and one on the East Coast. And the goal for the West Coast was to get the boots on celebrities' feet. Okay. And on the East Coast, it was to seed the shoes to influential fashion editors. Okay. The company then expanded distribution in the Northeast and Midwest, targeting high-end retailers. I mean, basically, they made major moves. Yeah. So within just one year, actually just a few years after buying the brand, they took UGG International and they were seeing double-digit sales growth. And that was really good, but it still wasn't crazy big. Yeah. So one smart marketer on the UGG team pulled a very, very smart move that really boosted brand awareness and drove sales. Okay. Do you have any guesses what that move was? You get a call! You get a call! You get a call! You get a call! They sent a pair of Ugg to Oprah. Brilliant. So brilliant. I mean, she who can literally make or break a brand with one tweet. 
With like a sneeze, I feel like I she feel could like, finger yeah, I was going to say. She could point her finger and make or break a branch. Crazy. I so, miss Oprah's talk show. I know. The year was 2003. Most sources say that all of this happened under the Decker as the parent company, but I did find a few sources of Brian himself basically saying that he sent them to Oprah prior to selling the company because supposedly Sting's wife, Trudy Styler, loved Uggs, and she convinced Brian to send a pair to Oprah. He's saying that she just didn't get excited about them for a few years. But regardless, it doesn't matter who did it. Oprah got him. 48 million viewers were tuning in to watch Oprah every single week at this time in the U.S. She got the boots. She loved the boots. She bought hundreds of pairs of them for her family, friends, staff, everyone. Then she got on her little show of 48 million viewers and told the world how much she loved her classic short Ugg boots. That was the craziest turning point for the brand. Wow. So Ugg smartly gifted 350 pairs of boots to Oprah's studio audience, and guess what happened next? Blew up. The boots appeared on her favorite things list for years and years to come. Soon Ugg became the go-to boot for young and trendy Hollywood stars like Beyonce, Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears. I mean, don't you remember flipping through the pages of Us Weekly? Or people, and you would see those stars, they're just like us pages. And they'd be like grocery shopping in their Uggs boots. Yes. I mean, that was like iconic when we were in college, and that was the culture. Yeah, it's interesting. So like we said, Oprah can make or break a brand, but she's pretty authentic to say what she really actually likes. You can't force it. Yeah. And again, like I think that's what's important. So many clients, even still today, because Oprah still has her magazine online, all this stuff. And like, they really want to be an Oprah. And we can always try and do our best, but like she could like something years after she gets it. That's just how it goes. I know. They also were worn by Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City in 03, post-Oprah. And that actually caused a huge, another spike in brand awareness. Oh, I bet. If fashion icon Sarah Jessica Parker's wearing them. Yep. So by 2008, Ugg had $689 million in sales. Just 13 years prior, they had $15 million in sales. I mean. An insane spike. That's so crazy. And they really credit that to Oprah. I mean, I kind of want to do a whole episode on the Oprah effect because she has literally made so many Her and Ellen. Yeah, totally. Well, since then, the brand has maintained the interest of women by partnering with designers to design their own Ugg collections, like really huge designers. That is super smart and interesting to me considering that The fashion community has forever scoffed at Ugg. And now they're like on the bandwagon. Like it took a while. Linged out Ugg. Yeah. And there's some really cool designers doing crazy stuff. So I did save the best for last. This third audience, okay, that Uggs really wanted to conquer was men. This is the one that just shocks me. So in 2012, Ugg sales were actually dragging a bit. Overall sales in 2012 were down by 1.5% and profits were down 31%. I read one article in The Guardian from 2019 by Priya Elan that summed up his evaluation of why sales might have been down at this time. He wrote, by 2012, the Ugg boot became synonymous with the so-called basic bitch, a casual put down that was associated with a certain sensibility, a lover of Diet Coke breaks, Nicholas Spark films, Taylor Swift songs, and yes, Uggs. A 2014 definition from Urban Dictionary notes, sadly, She believes her experiences to be crazy, wild, and different, or somehow more special than everything that everybody else is doing, when really, 
almost everyone is doing or has done the exact same thing. It was official that the Ugg had become the shoe for the stalwart who didn't like change. Oh my God. I was like, that's dramatic. That but is dramatic. Okay. So Decker Brands decided, okay, well, if, you know, we should just try something new. We are going to get into the men's fashion market. And yes, as a reminder, Uggs was originally a surfer shoe, like we said, and men wore them. Yeah. So like they started as a men's shoe. Then they transformed. But like then the world made them this like fashionable women's shoe. So then they had to get men back. Which is so ironic because they're not fashionable. No. At all. So they needed the everyday man in 2012 to wear them. The everyman. And they landed on a star to be the face. Do you remember who that was? No. I feel like it should be everyday man. I don't know. Tom Brady. Oh, of course. <laughs> He's not the everyday well, man. Well, let me explain why they thought he was perfect. Uggs liked Brady because as a blonde Cali native, he fit the surf vibe. But of course, he was also a big, bad, rugged football player. One article in Fast Company also said that Tom's metrosexual crossover appeal to women and the fact that he was an underdog, like he was second to last round draft pick who like clearly is now winning Super Bowls like left and right, makes him kind of like exude this normal guy vibe that would maybe convince men that Ugg shoes are cool shoes to be worn by like cool guys. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I love Tom Brady. So when you say it, I just forgot everything you said. (laughs) Okay, well, apparently Tom was so pumped to be the face of the brand. Awesome. He claimed an affinity for Uggs ever since he got his first pair for his mom when he was a teen. Interesting. Yeah. And I kind of think it's a fake story. I'm sorry, but I totally love it. And smartly, Uggs slipped some earned media mentions into Tom's agreement. So he actually did a ton of huge stories in the press in major magazines, Men's Journal, GQ, Town & Country, with photo shoots with Ugg shoes, talking about how much he loved Uggs. He talked. He told. He just like shirtless in Uggs. Uh, oh, Tom. He's like in pajamas. Uh. He also told USA Today in another story that the Ugg slippers are his go-to, and they're such a big part of his day. And he wears them in his house because they're the only shoes his wife will let anyone wear in the house. Wow. I know. So that was really like huge credibility for the brand in the men's category. At least for those who, like, really loved Tom Brady. Tom, yeah. Yeah. And he continued to give so many interviews, like I said, like, throughout the whole partnership. But the world couldn't help but scoff and make fun of the partnership and the idea of men wearing Uggs. One article from the Wall Street Journal by Jacob Gallagher, <laughs> he wrote that men in Uggs sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch. And Twitter jokesters still riff on some variation of they should just be called Uggs for men. Based on this little Wall Street Journal video clip from 2012, I want to play you. Uggs for men? Ugg. That is ridiculous. But I'll tell you what's not ridiculous is the heat around Uggs right now. I mean, in that clip, a male reporter declared Uggs for men? Ugg. While discussing, like, Decker's then-rising stock in the Wall Street Journal, like, live clip. And then there actually was a Saturday Night Live sketch about men and Uggs. Here's a little weekend update clip where a faux Guy Fieri played by Bobby Moynihan, I never say his name right, Moynihan, Moynihan, shares his tips for Super Bowl snacks. All right, in honor of Patriots quarterback Tom Brady, 
I'd like to make the Tom Brady bunch of hot dogs. <laughs> Super simple to make. Get yourself 20 to 30 all beef franks, take a three-step drop, and then just toss them onto the grill. <laughs> and don't worry, Murray, if your grill is out of gas, just cook them over your shirt flames. <laughs> that's smart. Hey, that's not smart, Seth. That's Kmart smart. <laughs> Full throttle! <laughs> now, once those dogs are cooked, just serve them up Tom Brady style in a men's Ugg boot. <laughs> oh, who wouldn't go for that? Uh, everyone? Nice. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I hilarious. I love Saturday Night Live. They always just, I mean, it's like belly laughs. I know. It is so funny. It's so good. So they made fun of him and put the hot dogs in an Ugg boot. I know. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, like it was working. I mean, men were buying Uggs, despite these critics, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could find how much Uggs paid Tom Brady, but I couldn't. And in 2013, they actually launched this campaign called Do Nothing, and it featured Tom Brady along with Jeff Bridges, a.k.a. The Dude. The Dude. Yep. And the first ad that they launched together is called Song. Buffalo gals, won't you come out tonight? It shows Bridges playing guitar and singing a soft Buffalo Gals. And Brady is all, like, cozy, sleeping in his Ugg mid-cut boots on a couch by the fire in some, like, uber-fancy man cave. Like, where were they? I don't know. I want to know. And suddenly, Jeff Bridges, like, strums really loudly. For the second verse. And Tom Brady wakes up suddenly, and he's, like, so pissed. Like, let me sleep in my Uggs. Yeah, but, like, and it's random, like you said. But it's just funny, you know? You just laugh. And the campaign was designed to draw attention to the art of doing nothing and was inspired, supposedly, by one of Tom Brady's social media posts. So Tom was quoted in a press release from Uggs about the campaign, saying, The idea of do nothing started last fall when I had a rare Sunday to watch football since we opened the season on a Thursday night. I relaxed on the couch wearing my favorite Uggs slippers. I posted a photo on Facebook, and it was history from there. As an athlete, I know firsthand the importance of sometimes taking time out to do nothing. It helps me recharge and perform when I'm on the field. Do you think he wrote? He came up with that? No. No! I mean, that, I'm so That was sus. fed that, by marketing. That was whole thing was inspired by Uggs. I mean, guarantee they just had, you know, obviously Tom's contracted to, like, do a certain amount of posts on social media. So, like, they said, post a photo of you lounging on the couch wearing hugs, and, like, let's make this the story, and let's turn it into a campaign. But, I mean, whatever. It's cute, okay? All right. I like it. I just don't think it's real. Well, Tom, it's okay. Anything you do is good. Tom is great. You know, and he stopped being the face of the campaign in 2016, but I did read somewhere that he just came back as the face, so I, I couldn't find that exact source again once I was searching. But in 2016, before he stopped being the face of it officially, he executed a little PR stunt on behalf of Uggs that I just, I don't get. Okay. He posted on Facebook that he would be signing three pairs of his old Uggs and hiding them around Boston for people to find. Ew, stinky feet Uggs. And someone asked him, on Twitter, someone said, do they smell? And he wrote, yes. 
ew. And that's what I never, people get so starstruck. I mean, growing up in Hollywood, you would just see how obsessed and weird people get. You are that obsessed with someone that you'd be willing to find or pay for stinky feet Uggs. Yeah. And you wouldn't pay for them because people like literally would follow his social media and search all over Boston for these stinky Uggs. But that's like when you're at a concert and like some of the people, they like wipe their sweat on a rag and they throw it out and people are like, oh, I'm going to keep it forever. Sick. It's just like a human with human disgusting sweat. Oh. Yuck. So anyways, I didn't get it and there was no stats and I don't know who came up with it. I don't know if Tom was just like, oh, this would be cool to do or if Uggs facilitated that. It was unclear. But since that ad campaign launched, many other notable male like A-list celebs such as Leonardo DiCaprio, Justin Timberlake, I mean, they've all been seen wearing the boots. Yeah. So Tom Brady, like I said, was the official face. I think he's coming back. I don't know for sure. What I did find weird is that there's all these articles from 2019 talking about how Uggs created its own Instagram for men with the handle Uggmens. And in 2019, it had 40,000 followers, but now it's totally gone. Weird. Like, why do you think they removed it? It's nowhere on Instagram. If you go to that URL, it's like nothing. Weird. And there's no articles explaining why they did that. So I really can't figure it out. The only thing I can think of is, I mean, Uggs does have a like a section on its website called gender inclusive, but they still also have men and women and kids like separately. But I'm curious of like maybe on socials, they just didn't want to like call out men versus women with like all that's going on in the world. I don't know. I making assumptions. I really have no idea. But super weird, right? Like why would you lose? Why would you kill that Instagram? Yeah, weird. Yeah. So despite the momentum and the fact that apparently 1.5 million men are walking around wearing Uggs, like I said, Lex, I still haven't seen one that I actually recognize as Uggs. Mike Faunus, if you're listening, put on your Uggs. I want the furry ones for a man. He has the like legit. And my uncle this weekend, I'm telling you, I'm going to take pictures of people wearing Uggs. Okay. Well, in reality, I mean, Uggs has done a great job of like coming out with a very expansive list of shoes and other products for men, which is... Like, a far cry from anything that the sorority girls in the 2000s were wearing. So I get it, like, why men would be attracted. Ugg also has pushed its men's line through influencer marketing, specifically with the Gen Z audience. I mean, that's where they're really trying to go hard right now. And there's one Gen Z influencer they partnered with, Luca Sabat. Apparently, he's an actor and a model. And he posted a sponsored post of himself or a photo of himself wearing Uggs on Instagram. And he got 111,000 likes. Sales definitely increased, but they couldn't directly track it because he's like a fancy influencer and he didn't want in his agreement to put a direct link. Oh my God. I know. So. Mr. Fancy. And he has 2 million followers. So like That's that could have. that fancy. <laughs> it's true. I guess I mean, it depends on who you're comparing him to. Yeah. But that's really where we wrap this up. I mean, UGG generates over a billion dollars annually and now they seem to have something for everyone. I mean, I see babies wearing Uggs. I see grandmas wearing Uggs. I have yet to see a grandpa wearing Uggs. So I guess that should be what I'm looking for next. Grandpa wearing Uggs. Yeah. Well, Rick's a grandpa and he has Uggs. (laughs) You're just dispelling all my myths today. (gasps) I know. Well, actually, I really want to buy like some of the cuter, trendier shoes because I bought some Sorrells that are so cute, but Ugg came out with similar platform ones. Like, you know, you've seen my cute Sorrel wedges that I wear while I'm camping. I got ones from Target that were $20 and you actually thought they were so super cute and you were shocked that I 
Glad I'm at Target. I know, but Not you know, everyone makes fun of me when I'm wearing wedges camping, but you got to bring some fashion to the campground. <laughs> You're so, I just don't go camping. That's how I bring fashion. I say no. I bring dry bar and wedges, so don't judge people. <gasps> I saw Keith last night and he's like, you camp? Oh, that's so funny. He's like, I would never imagine. He's like, I do hotels. I'm like, well, my RV is pretty much like a hotel. I have a blender <sighs> for any beverage of choice. I have every appliance and a dry bar little section. You do. I did forget to mention one story I wanted to tell you. Oh, God. <laughs> so remember how I told you I had that first pair of Ugg boots, those gray ones in 2015? Yeah. I like really was excited about them. So right after I got them, one fine Friday morning, you might remember the story, I was pumping gas. And I got into a battle with the, the nozzle. <laughs> and the nozzle flew out of my hand, hit the ground, and literally like gas is spewing everywhere. It hits me from head to toe, okay? And it was in my Uggs, okay? My brand new Uggs doused with gasoline. I tried to save them, but they were forever ruined. Oh, and I hate that smell. Oh, it's like, and they were like, I tried to wash them. Did you ever them. buy, yeah, you bought, I bought the, the brown ones, the tan ones, yeah. I bought the new, the cute ones, but I still saved the gray ones. I don't know why I still have them. I should just Ew, get rid of them. I know. Maybe you can hide them for and sign them. So I'm going to find your smelly gasoline Uggs. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'll shout out a few of my sources real quick. As always, please go to willitstickpodcast.com for like all of them because there were so many. But I read the drum article from 2016 titled, Ugg Decides to Do Nothing to Appeal to Men. I also read an article from the New York Times from 2020 titled, The Highly Unlikely Yet Totally Predictable Return of Uggs. Inc. Magazine had so many great articles about Uggs and Brian Smith, including one titled, The Marketing Decision That Helped Land Ugg Boots in Teens' Closets Across America, and that was in 2019. And then the Wall Street Journal had a great article about how Ugg finally got men into fuzzy boots from 2019. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode and hope you'll come back next week for another great story. And if you want to support our podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends all about us. You can also follow us on Instagram at willitstickpodcast or visit us online at willitstickpodcast.com. Peace out. Peace out. I hope everyone sends us some pictures of them in their Uggs. Yeah, show me some men in Uggs, people. I'm going to push it. Show me the way. Bye. Bye.